Howdy. What's up? So everyone, welcome back to another PC Boys. This is our first podcast over the phone, and it's going to be kind of more of a news day, I would say, because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. Uh, Comic book news and the Godzilla stuff and uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> a whole bunch of shit. Oh yeah, there's been a lot. So what do we want to cover first? Because there's a lot to get into. I vote we just start off with Godzilla because that's what we were talking about in our uh, group chat. Okay, so right now I'm going to pull up on Google uh, with my at-home laptop. might take a few minutes because it's slow. So basically, Godzilla's reviews came out, and critics really hated this movie. Fans fucking loved Um, it. Yeah, the fans loved it. And I find that pretty interesting because... It seems as of late, there's a lot of divisive opinions between fan opinion and critic opinion. But so- and I don't really understand what the critics are trying to get out of this movie because it's a monster fighting movie, not a human-based story. Yeah, but, yeah, but you also have to take into consideration that um, when they're doing this, the it's always been critics versus audience, and audience usually gives it a squirt unless it's a really crappy movie, and then critics raise it up high and audience hates it. You have to take that into consideration because that's how most movies are. Well, I mean, there are some movies where the audience will agree with critics. And normally, I think those are kind of like um, the best things. But a lot of the reviews that I read on Rotten Tomatoes uh, from the fans were like, don't listen to the critics at all. They're completely wrong about this. There are people that have said the human characters are kind of weak. When you go to a movie like this, you're not really looking for a um a human led story it's basically you want to see monsters punching the absolute shit out you have, of each other you have fucking godzilla versus uh how many others six or seven other monsters uh, like i know that there's mothra rodan and king Ghidorah. the top three that i know there might be a few mystery ones in there i think yeah i know but i'm not sure I think they were like there's seven on the island and then king kong turns with them so i think it's one v six um, I'm going to try to see this movie tomorrow so I can get a review out. But right. so right now on the tomato out of 214 reviews, it is at a 40% with critics and audience score is sitting at a 90% with verified ratings of, um, 1,969. And for those of you who don't know on Rotten Tomatoes, now you can do movie reviews, but there will be verified reviews, which means have sent pretty much a picture or some evidence that you've actually seen the movie, like a ticket picture or something, or purchase uh, information. So there's uh, people that have seen the movie and haven't seen the movie, and that kind of uh, came th- from the um, whole Captain Marvel thing. What is... Um, <laughs> this is really going to be fucking hard when there's three of us. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it's hard because, like, we're not looking at each other, so we don't know who's exactly going to talk, but I'll let you take it away now because I'm going to sign in and uh, try to So when it comes to here. how Rotten Tomatoes does, obviously there's the new purchase thing and you have to do all that shit. I have actually left reviews on Endgame <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is probably one of the best Avengers films. And then there are fucking people who have not seen it and they don't even get the purchase thing they just fucking hate on it and they're regular i'm like what the fuck 
so how I see it definitely yeah. I can't wait for um next year's King Kong vs. Godzilla, which they finally released a post before. The, the, that will that movie will be interesting. I still think Godzilla will win. Because they I mean, they have said that there's a definitive I know, winner. I, I think Godzilla is gonna take it. I know you're strongly against this. I think Kong I mean, if you look at the poster, look at how big Kong has been scaled up. He seems to be taller than Godzilla in the, in the picture, picture that they're showing. But we all know Godzilla is fucking humongous. Well, we don't know exactly what uh, Kong's height is going to be in this uh, film. We'll see when it comes out next year. Yeah, we'll see. But it's definitely interesting. I heard that there's some Easter eggs talking about Skull Island in King of the Monsters. But that's really about it. And that's fine with me. um, Because this movie isn't about King Kong and Godzilla. That's true. Um, Actually, I want to check to see how much money it's made. Um, So I'll look that up right now. So I think the next thing that we should definitely talk about is Call of Duty. Because that's definitely a big thing. That even for me, when I saw this trailer, I got goosebumps. I'm happy with this trailer. Fucking Modern Warfare, dude. They're, they're Oh, like, yeah. It, 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 it's... I know. It's like... I know they said that... I know that we talked about this a while ago on the podcast, but if they're actually going to be done in 2020, they're going they, they're gonna to go out with a bang, releasing a Modern Warfare, and then if it's true that they're going to release a Black Ops to finalize it, woo! Hopefully, um, when you saw Captain Price and heard Captain Price, I was like, I was, "Oh my gosh, Price is back!" Um, but definitely, um, here's the thing, though. Here's the interesting thing, right? So I don't know if it's a reboot or not, but I heard that it possibly might be a reboot of the Modern Warfare franchise rather than it being a sequel. That would be kind of weird because of all the shit that's gone down in the Modern Warfare franchise, like. That timeline was perfect. You can't fucking ruin the game because all three of them were good. Yeah. So if this is a reboot, they better not fuck it up. If if it's a reboot, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's it's modern warfare. Like when I was watching the trailer, it looked it reminded me a lot of Modern Warfare 1, not really Modern Warfare 2 which I'm okay with. It looked tactical stuff. So it looks, the reason I I also kind of believe it's a reboot is if you look at some of the uh, images or uh, clips that they show you in the trailer, there looks like some of those missions uh, where you play as the Marines, like from the first uh, Modern Warfare. Um, and you're like in uh, fighting, I believe in the Middle East. And it looks like that, but like they redid it completely. So are they trying to get the last thing they can out of this cow before they hit Ground Zero by going with Modern Warfare as their final game? I don't know because like another interesting scene I saw looked like from Modern Warfare 3. So there was this police officer that looked like they were either from like France or 
um, Britain. And it was like, oh, well, it's pretty interesting that there's this, um, these, all these different images that look like they're from all the different Modern Warfare games. But here we are with a brand new Modern Wait, Warfare. I have an idea. So you can think I'm crazy, but what if they are just adding, like, combining all three Modern Warfare games into one game? Because it's just called Modern Warfare. Because you think it's a reboot. I think, what if they just combine all three of them into one game, and this is how they're going to end the franchise of Call of Duty? I think that would be a banger way to go. Well, I mean, it's still new. It's still going to be, like, different stuff. Um, it could have something to do with maybe the things we didn't see in the previous games, but it looks like it's taking a lot of elements from the previous games and kind of stuffing it into one. I saw one article that was written by a really butthurt guy who apparently did a, um, gameplay or like, I would guess a tutorial of Cuphead and he was really fucking stupid and didn't know how to, what he was doing. Basically saying that the game is too realistic. There was these uh, scenes that he was talking about where, like, uh, you, could sh- you couldn't shoot a female character in a specific scene, but in another scene, you have to. And he was complaining about how it was, like, really terrible and stuff. And I was like, you do understand Call of Duty is based off of realistic scenarios. Call of Duty itself is in a fictional world with a fictional story, but is trying to show as best as they can real-life warfare I for the immersion. Every- quote-unquote war game call of duty is the most accurate with all the shit they do and they also also yeah how it goes with what's going on in real life it actually makes it interesting whereas like gears of war or a bunch of other games don't really go with the theme of actual war you just do a bunch of you might as well fight fucking fight aliens It's just, the only thing that scares me about this game is what is Activision going to do for microtransactions? We know that they're going to come. We know that they're going to, and I know there's all this, like, talk, and we talked about it on the podcast about this new uh, loot box ban bill that they're trying to pass, which I'm in support of. Um, I just, I don't know what they're going to do because they said that there is is, going to be no uh, season pass. There's going to be free DLC content, so free maps and stuff, but they need to make back that revenue somewhere because we know Activision is struggling when it comes to their um, profits because they, A, had to lay off a lot of workers just like EA did, and they lost billions of dollars. So knowing about that stuff, they're going to have to recoup those losses somehow. It's not going to be just off of base game sales, and we know that they're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. So while there, this game could be a good Call of Duty, you're still going to run into the problem of microtransaction DLCs in the game. And I'm kind of just really curious as to how they're going to handle that. Can you look up what other games Activision made, makes other than Call of Duty? Well, it, they don't make anything. They publish it. So like e, BioWare would make Mass Effect. EA publishes okay. it. Um, Infinity War makes Call of Duty and they publish it. Yeah, so what Activision do Activision publish? Uh, well, Overwatch would be a good one to start off with. Uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, I don't care what David says. Activision Blizzard is combined. Like, Blizzard and Activision, they're combined companies. Basically, if you're seeing a game being published by Blizzard or being published by Activision, they're 
part of the same thing. They're co- they're joint uh, companies. All the revenue is going to the same places. That's true. But other than over, so they make over. They publish Overwatch and Call of Duty. What other ones do they have? Um, hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Um, Destiny. Uh, two uh, the Destiny franchise. Uh, Skylanders. Um, a lot of Call of Duties are obviously on here. Uh, uh, some of the Transformer games, uh, specifically Rise of the Dark Spark, Fall of Cybertron, which was a great game. Uh, Fallen, Dark, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Dangerous Hunts, uh, one 007 game, uh, Cabela African Safari, Wipeout, Crash, uh, Deadpool. Like, these are other games that I don't see being huge microtransactions besides, like, or uh, if I look up Blizzard, I can I can look up Blizzard too, or Destiny. Yeah, we Destiny have to was another take one. into consideration all the games that they publish. That a lot of them are actually like big titles, like Crash, Skylanders. I know Skylanders were really fucking popular a couple years ago, but Crash is like an old school game that everybody loves, and they'll buy it. But like you said, they need those fucking um, microtransactions in order to keep the company running. And are they just going to do this through over Call of Duty, or are they going to start implementing it in other games? Well, I wouldn't doubt if they implement it in other games because, like, so first let's we have to go into the discussion about EA and Activision as publishing companies. They have built their entire company ever since the last five years uh, through deceptive practices, being greedy as shit, and trying to get as much money out of microtransactions and misleading um, promotions as they that possibly can. And that's the reason they lost millions. And that's why they're kind of now forced to do the uh, microtransaction route because they have to recoup for those losses. I try to defend EA as best as I can, but I really can't. Even though they have some of the best selling, like obviously sports are the big games that they sell. Even with those being sold, they still don't make up for the losses. Like uh, FIFA and Madden, they don't make up for the losses that they do. And those also have microtransactions. Yeah, that's a bigger problem with uh, the uh, sports games. Because uh, when you're talking about the sports uh, franchises with EA, they're basically the only that fail on them. But even... Those games that do very well because of their microtransactions, um, it's going to get worse over time. It's not going to be able to pay the bills eventually. Um, so they're, they're going to run into kind of the same problem. They already, EA also had to lay off uh, like quite a few workers and lost billions. And both companies basically do the same thing. It's just Activision doesn't get talked about like EA does. With EA, I kind of, he's like, EA only publish, like, they obviously publish some of the main sports games, but you can only, like, EA might end up being, going fucking bankrupt because what else can you do with The Sims? Like, seriously. Not a whole hell of a lot. Um, I know with Anthem, they talked about, uh, like, all their DLC for Anthem is basically not either. It's not coming for a really long time with a not known uh, date, or the fact that they are not talking about the loot problems, which is their main problem with Anthem. 
basically with whatever communities left, uh, they're doing a shitty job at trying to get the community back. They're, they're really not doing the necessary things that they need to do. They're, they're pretty much saying, oh, we don't want to talk about the actual problems. Um, but there is one good thing they decided to do to not talk about content for DLC until they're about to release it. Like World War Z, I believe Monday, they're releasing their first free DLC for the game. And I will be covering that on the podcast on Tuesday. So. Um, it's kind of weird how they do these things where, like you, like you always complain about and me and David give you shit even though you're right. Um, it's about how they they throw out an unfinished game and then they're like, here are DLCs, buy these, and then you can finish your fucking game. It's like, okay, you want to make money, but you also don't want to upset your fan base. And also, YouTube has so much pressure, like, has so much influence on gamers now because that's where you go. The first thing you go is gaming, YouTube, and then you look up a game that you're gonna, you're about to play and see what the people you watch think about it. And if they hate it, you're not gonna play it. You might play and you love it. And they, they just might have a different opinion, but. When it comes to like certain YouTubers, they actually have a good idea of what's supposed to be make a good game. And when they stop playing it and go back to Fortnite, you know something's wrong with that game. The the main thing with like game YouTubers, the reason I trust like, in order for me to be able to talk about or us to talk about stuff on the podcast, I listen to other either uh, nerd news talkers about movies and video games or just gaming or business talkers who talk about the business of video games and movies and the box office and everything. That's kind of where I get a lot of my news to give our own takes on it um, and report it ourselves. Um, but basically, the problem with YouTubers is certain YouTubers are paid by these companies to say good things about the game because if they don't, they don't get free, uh, free uh, early access betas or uh, access games. They don't get all the cool little goodies that they get. Uh, by, you know, saying, oh, the game is good when it's really not. So you have to trust people that are not promoted by Activision or EA. You have to trust people that go out, buy the game at the full price, and then say, well, here's what I, I have to what think you're about. Saying, but some of the some of the gaming YouTubers that I watch actually go to, like, the pre-release, like, when it's still in beta, not fully released, and play the game, and they actually say they fucking love it, and then they'll actually buy the entire full copy and actually play it and say it's just as good as when I played it when it was in beta. And also you have to take into consideration, I also watch some of the same YouTube channels, but it mostly goes with uh, the brand premium on YouTube. It's like chaos. I watch chaos. Who's a game who covers games. I watch uh, screen ramp for movies, which is also a great source. We use a lot. It's just, I guess, looking at your sources, you have to have the right sources for the right information, but also everybody's opinions are different. Like, so there was some, there's some other topics that we're going to have to get into about Marvel later that is really fucking confusing to me now. So, um, but yeah, so basically finishing off with like the Call of Duty Activision talk, you know, the, right now Activision is in a good position when it comes to the game that they're releasing, they're releasing a game with uh, what it looks like. They did make a new in- engine for this game. So Call of Duty's finally got a new engine. We don't know if it's going to be good or bad or not, but they finally got a new engine that seems good. So that's 
a good a good thing. Another good thing, they're bringing the one of the best franchises other than Black Ops, which would be Modern Warfare back with original characters. So those are two other good things. But the main problem they're going to have is that previous, like, from disappointment over the last five years with the, their other Call of Duty titles, they're going to have to try to bring back some of the older players and make them trust okay. them again. So they have to tread one. But also, they're on a good path right now with the free DLC, bringing back an iconic game uh, brand with the characters and having a new engine. But they need to play the smart because this could make or break their last two games if this is true of them being done after okay, two more cards. Here's the thing. Are, well, I'm excited for this game because I love mo the Modern Warfare franchise. But. I did too. I Cods besides like the first few and okay. I'm just gonna take this into consideration. Like, if you fuck this up, like you're done. Like, also, are they releasing it in 2020? Are they releasing it in 2019 or 2020? It's it, it's it's a yearly release, so we're getting into October. I when I sent the trailer to you, it said coming out October 23rd, so legit a few days before Halloween. No, this game is we'll released. Take, take that into consideration. This is the second COD game they're releasing in 2019. Wait, Black Ops 4 came out in 2019, right? Correct me? No, I came out in 2018. Black Ops came out last October. Just nobody, nobody copped it. By year. Anyway. All right. But here's the thing. Like you said, this is the game that will make or break if COD can continue with how they're going to roll. Basically, I mean, if Activision somehow did want to continue the COD franchise beyond two more games, they need to make one or two games that really sell it to people. Because once you gain people's trust back, that's going to be good. But Activision has a long road ahead of them and a lot of, a lot of hard work, and they have to tread really lightly. I mean, sure, they're going to be the people that buy Call of Duty and play it no matter how bad it is. But when you're talking about the majority of people and old COD fans, especially this, like I've heard a lot of people who have really hated the last like newer CODs, I would say within the last three years, um, except for like black ops who said, this game looks good. You got me. I might not, you know, go pre, I'm probably not going to pre-order, but I'll buy this game and give it a shot because they're bringing back one of the best franchises ever. Maybe even the best personally. I like black ops uh, franchise better, even though it, has two games that I wouldn't consider great, but the first two were awesome, especially World at War, because that's considered a Black Ops uh, series. But well, are definitely great franchise, and I think they can do something great. I personally like the Modern Warfare franchise more than the Black Ops, but also that's not into consideration. Also, would World at War technically be the first Black Ops game? Technically, yes, because it has Reznov in it, and it, it takes place in the Black so Ops timeline. So technically, first. that's the first Black Ops game. Dude. Technically, yes. So on to Marvel. So, so yeah, here's so this Marvel news is really frustrating and exciting at the same time. So I'll start off with Deadpool. 
So apparently a, a real, so the guy that I listened to who has talked about Deadpool like 50 fucking thousand times at this point in the MCU. So Deadpool in the MCU, apparently he's not going to be directly affiliated like in the movies with the other characters, but rather kind of be like what he is now. Like he is just kind of doing his own thing and might nod to the MCU. And that's what they're saying. Like, First, they're like, oh, he's, he's going to, you know, join the Avengers and be with them. And now they're like, oh, well, he's just going to be doing his own thing. And I got really confused and kind of upset about this because I was like, I want to see Deadpool with the Avengers. Make it PG-13 for the Avengers. But in his own films, keep him rated R. Maybe he jumps through the multiverse or something. Like, Here's what I want to see. Like, I've been fucking preaching this, and you know I have. I said they need to make a Team Red movie. Obviously, that's not possible because Daredevil is still under contract with somebody. But make a Spider-Man and the Deadpool movie. Tell me that wouldn't fucking fucking blow up the box office. I mean, it definitely would. I mean, here's the problem with Daredevil, right? Daredevil can be Marvel within a few years. Because even though Netflix canceled all the shows and their contracts are done with Netflix, they still have to wait two years before they can use those characters from all the Netflix shows, um, they have to wait two or maybe a few more years um, after that to be able to use them or else Netflix can technically bring them back. Um, but another reason would be how dark the show is. But I could see, like, Daredevil working with uh, uh, Deadpool. But Spider-Man and Deadpool can definitely work. You could either use, a, since they're doing the multiverse, a different version of Deadpool, maybe a more PG-13 version. Or you could just have... Deadpool from uh, his own universe cross into the uh, MCU universe with um, the multiverse or maybe using uh, Cable's time machine, but then it goes fucking bonkers and he ends up in the MCU and he kind of gets censored every time he tries to swear or he gets a few swears because you can in the MCU have a few swears, but not over the top. Bitch would be the, I think bitch would be the only word that he would be able to use in the MCU other than like shit and ass and all that. But tell me Tom Hall and Ryan Reynolds wouldn't work off each, each other perfectly. Oh, no, they would. The, the problem lies kind of with Deadpool being rated R and keeping Deadpool's character the way that he is. Because Deadpool can't really, according to the guy that I was listening to, he was like, oh, well, Deadpool can't break the fourth wall when being in the MCU. I'm like, how can he not? I'm like, first of all, Deadpool breaks the fourth wall in the X-Men universe. He can break it in the MCU. The MCU characters can look at him like he's crazy, but he can break the fourth wall. And Deadpool, Deadpool's like a rated R character, but you can tone him down for a Avengers movie. And it's not too much to ask to just do that for the Avengers film, but then have the Deadpool film, uh, film be rated R. And I just don't understand why they're doing all this, like, shit with Deadpool. It's like, they don't know what to do with him. They're like, we got him, we're putting him in the MCU, and now we're taking him out and just keeping him kind of like how he is now with the X-Men. And I'm just like, this is retarded. Like, people want to see Deadpool in the MCU. Why is this so hard? There are ways you can fit that in and make it uh, work. So, obviously, I don't see the problem in, other than Deadpool, like, killing characters because you can't do that in the MCU unless it's like a big bad guy and also guns are guns are exist in the MCU because obviously Bucky uses one all the time so I don't see a problem with him carrying guns around and his katanas 
Like, he could use his katanas just to distract somebody and then fucking Hawkeye knocks him out or fucking Cap or Bucky or somebody else knocks him out. They can kill in the MCU. They kill people all the time. They just don't show a lot of blood. I mean, the only time I saw blood was during uh, Endgame with Rome. That's true, but I'm... Even when, uh, even when the monsters were, uh, during, um, Infinity War, even when the monsters were running at the fucking shield, when they got cut in half, they didn't show any, like, blood falling, falling from them. I was like, okay. I mean, they can make it work. And the problem with, I don't know what's going on with Marvel. So that was kind of the upsetting news. Here's the interesting news that I personally find exciting. So Sony is fighting Marvel. Well, they're not fighting, but they're really, really wanting Marvel to include Tom Hardy's Venom in the third Spider-Man film and make it canon to the MCU. Wait, who? Any, who in the MCU? They want Tom Hardy's Venom in the MCU in the third Spider-Man film. Dude, fucking make that happen. I would love to see it. I think the problem, or the reason kind of like Marvel Studios is kind of hesitant on that, think about Venom. He's kind of a damaged brand because of Spider-Man 3. And Venom, Venom did well. Like, we all know, like, fans loves Venom compared to the critics. I love Venom. Venom, I thought it was a great movie for popcorn and just to sit down and kind of turn your brain off and just watch a, you know, cool super uh, hero movie. Um... But they can definitely make it work. It's just, I don't know. It's up to Marvel. That's Marvel's decision. But I feel like they could make it work. I don't... Uh, how Marvel does shit now is kind of weird because obviously Stan Lee is no longer there. Because he used to be at every fucking... Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was at every fucking film taping for his, for his characters. For the most part. I mean... It, it's it's really kind of hard sometimes because when I look at um, when I look at uh, how they're doing this whole thing, if Sony now think about this though, Marvel could also be thinking about this. If Sony does somehow get Venom and Tom Hardy into the MCU, right? His movies canon, all of his future movies are canon, and the characters in the MCU. Okay, let's say Sony makes a like they're making Morbius, or and they're also making other projects too then they also become canon to the MCU because they're canon to the Venom, Venom film. But what if they suck? What if these films bomb and then Marvel has to take under their wing having these shitty movies underneath the MCU brand, which will then damage them and then make people not want to see MCU movies as much as they used to? Because Sony movies, as we all know, blow balls most of the time. Venom was an exception. Spider-Man 2 was a by far exception. Spider-Man 1 was good, but Spider-Man 3, I personally liked Amazing Spider-Man, but a lot of people didn't, which I can understand. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was gosh awful. And that's kind of what they're afraid of. Like, they bring one person in, then they have to bring a whole bunch of other characters in, and they could suck. Their movies could legit bomb at the box office and with critics. And they're kind of worried about damaging the public. Okay, but you also have to take into consideration, obviously... Uh, Sony's a big bomb off box office failure, but has, correct me if I'm wrong, but has Marvel ever did a full-fledged, just a super-villain movie? 
Not that I know of. I, I don't think Marvel's ever done a supervillain movie. Marvel Studios hasn't. I think that... Well, Blaze... Obviously, but. Tom Hardy and fucking Tom Holland. Obviously, Dream Team right there. But... Oh. I don't know if they would be willing to... Like, if they were just to make a Venom movie, how would they incorporate it? Because obviously you have a bunch of fucking hero films. You never have a fucking solo villain film. Like, bruh. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, Venom's an anti-hero, right? In this sense. And here's another thing that I would like to bring up into question. Batman lives in San Francisco. Don't you think that they would have mentioned Venom in, like, an Ant-Man film? Or in the Avengers films at all? Because of those events. I mean, think about it. There's a crash lands, a mysterious corporation, or should I say sketchy corporation, that deals with um, space travel, and it was their rocket that crashed into the Earth, and the next thing, not too long after, a few months later, there's these alien symbiote creatures in um, San Francisco. Who fucking knows anymore? With I mean... I don't know. Huh? Maybe the MCU is waiting to give Spider like obviously if Sony actually is able to push this to where Tom Hardy is actually in the third Spider-Man film. But what if Marvel's working on their own project and trying to get a Venom pushed in, but not Tom Hardy's Venom? Well, they can't really so Marvel can't do anything with the characters really without Sony's consent. Like, they agreed to share Spider-Man. He never said anything about other characters. So, obviously, we know, after the Spider-Man 2 movie, the deal's off between Sony and Marvel. They're going to renegotiate contracts with uh, Marvel, and then they can bring up, hey, we want to share Venom with you and put him in the MCU, but we have to put him in the Spider-Man movie. So, ultimately... It's, it has to do with their when they go to reno, uh, renegotiate contracts that they have to talk about that stuff if well, they want they to make it happen. A bunch of other characters and they bomb. What if they only just ask Mark, the MCU to put Venom in and just leave it at Venom? I think that could actually work. Well, they, they won't. That's that's the problem. Like we're talking about companies and and, and uh, production studios distributing studios that are trying to make as much money as they possibly can. Think about it. You're not going to release a movie like Venom itself. It makes a good amount of money. And that's okay critically and with fans, like as an overall. Then you put in a Spider-Man movie and let's say it does great. And then that drives the MCU fan base now that that's a part of the MCU to now go watch all Venom films because it's now canon to the MCU. Now think about this. They're going to say, oh, shit, you know how we can make even more money off of this? We bring in Morbius, or we bring in Black Hat and Silver Sable. They make those films, they say, hey, these are part of the MCU, too. And the MCU kind of has to agree with this because they'd be a part of the contracts and deals, and then let's say they bomb, or they do great. Sony's going to want all their, their characters and their solo movies to come into the MCU for them to make more money. Because basically what they can say to Marvel is, is, hey, we want to pull Spider-Man out after these contracts because you don't want to negotiate with us so we can put our characters into your movie. So for Marvel, they kind of have to be very careful on how they do this. I know, but 
here's the thing. The MTO already has so many fucking characters. Would they be willing to act, throw in a bunch more? Probably. Like, if they, if the MCU had been getting money for these characters, yes. And here, here's the problem, though, uh, Kevin. The MCU and Sony are sharing the Spider-Man rights, but at the end of, like, so Spider-Man can be the MCU, but Marvel makes no money from those films. Basically, Marvel's taking all the risk, and Sony's not, right? Because Marvel's taking the risk of Sony, a company that has destroyed Spider-Man twice in the past, and bringing all their movies that could fail uh, um, spectacularly into their universe, into the MCU, and they will not, like, and it will tarnish the Marvel Studios brand. The reason it's not really a, um, it's not really a, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, for Sony, it's not really a risk that they're taking because they are using the Marvel Studios brand name and with all the good movies underneath it and the great reputation it has to sell tickets to their movies which Marvel's not making money for. Maybe Marvel comes in and says, hey, we'll do your movies for you well, we with your characters. Or Sony might be themselves. That's the, it all really depends on that, too. Because if Marvel can uh, have the creative rights to the movies and make them themselves, they could probably make it work and make money off of it and not have to worry about the, um, the uh, making their brand tarnished. But the problem with that as well is they are not making money off the movies. They're putting more effort into Sony's movies than Sony is. And Sony's just getting pure profit. Sony is not taking any risk with this. It would be Marvel. Because it, it, it kind of screws Marvel over in two ways. Because A, now Marvel not only has to worry about their movies, but they have to worry about Sony's movies and making them good, but they aren't making any money from them. Like the Spider-Man movies. Make no money off of the Spider-Man movies. All of that goes to Sony. So basically, Sony uses their name and fame to get tickets sold to their movies, and if Marvel's putting more effort into their movies, it could uh, affect their own. I like how you trash talk DC, but DC doesn't have to worry about any of this shit. But obviously, the characters are a big issue, and also how many, like after a big, like big name actor left the MCU, like all the two Chris's, although Thor might be in Guardians of the Galaxy, which will be fucking awesome. DC right now. Robert Patterson, aka Twilight AKA Boy Batman. slash Edward, he's playing Batman. Confirmed. Um, the Flash and Cyborg character from Justice League are done in the DCEU. They're done. They're not coming back. Um, Cavill, who's done. Um, so there's a lot going on with DC uh, too, but it's mainly with them. It's casting. That's mainly DC's problem. Is casting. And getting stories where Marvel is working character rights, really. How you just put it, like, the character rights, that isn't a problem for DC, whereas Marvel has to fucking argue over with Sony for that. DC has them all under one thing, which is Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers own DC, and they do all their shit, and they have it all under, under wraps, obviously, other than the fucking casting. Whereas you guys have to worry about when are we going to bring in Venom? Where, when are we going to bring in the X-Men? When are we going to bring in the Fantastic Four? Deadpool? The Fantastic Four and X-Men are coming. Like, Marvel's got those rights now. But the only 
uh, rights Marvel don't officially own are all Spider-Man's characters and Spider-Man himself and the Hulk. Because the Hulk's at Universal. Basically, the Hulk's not going to get a solo movie ever again until Marvel gets those rights or Marvel may not even do anything with him. He's basically going to be a supporting character Wait, going forward as he always has. Couldn't, couldn't, since Disney owns Marvel, couldn't Disney just fucking buy out Sony? No, because there's a thing called a monopoly. You see, if Disney just goes around buying Sony and goes and buys Universal and they already have bought Fox, it's basically a monopoly. You can't have that. There are certain rules and restrictions and laws in place so monopolies cannot happen. So that's just go out and buy the studio. Tell me it wouldn't be really fucking easier for all this character crap to stop if Disney just bought those two brands and obviously they'd just be competing with Warner Brothers at this point because Disney cannot outright buy over Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers is on the same platform as Disney because of how long it's been around. The problem with them buying all the things is, first of all, yes, Disney has a lot of money, but Disney's taking a lot of the risk with the characters and, and the brands and whatnot that come underneath everything. Like when Disney bought out Fox, their main plan was not to get the, the um, Fantastic Four and the X-Men, right? It was kind of like a side thing that they thought of, but the main thing was so that they had more options for their streaming service. Ultimately is what they did. I mean, they bought the Predator and Alien franchises. Like they bought pretty much everything Fox had. Um, and the problem is if they just, like let's say there were no monopoly laws, regulations in place, and they just went out and bought Sony and bought Warner Brothers and pretty much bought every studio out there there was. Basically, Marvel or um, Disney has characters and stuff, but it may never pay off. Like they also might go bankrupt from uh, selling or buying all those uh, things because right now, like Disney might own all those X Men rights and uh, Fantastic Four rights, but the problem is, is that they have to make back the money that they have uh, spent. And that's why they're kind of releasing extra Dark Phoenix, and that's to kind of I recoup know. on some of those losses. So they... I know, but that, you have to take the into losses. consideration when they bought Fox Studios, and Fox in general, that Fox was going into a fucking decline. They were going down, and Disney bought them up. So say Sony fell down the same hole as Fox, Disney could have been, could be like their fucking safe place, and Disney just picks it up. Well, I mean, yeah, first of all, you have to have Disney take brands and make them good, right? First of all, let's Star Wars franchise, right? Uh, Disney-owned film franchise. They they destroyed Star Wars. The problem with Disney is Disney has Marvel Studios, right? Disney themselves can't seem to make great films. Marvel Studios, a studio underneath Disney... As a whole, which basically publishing is now buys the uh, rights and everything, so they're uh, underneath studios can uh, use them and stuff. Um, basically, Marvel Studios can do good, but that doesn't mean Disney themselves can do good. They haven't done great, except for Aladdin, that's doing good right now. But if you look at like Dumbo, The Nutcracker, uh, Wrinkle in Time, like they would, they did terrible. Like, yeah. the problem is 
like, you know, Disney World and Disneyland, but Marvel Studios makes them a lot of money. That's true. Basically, there's more to it than just, you know, we buy all all these rights to all these characters and make them good because Disney has to somehow make those good. And with Disney's track record... Uh, with Lucasfilms, which is another filming studio like Marvel Studios underneath Disney, that is managed. And, and now you have to look at Marvel if you're doing great and thriving. But then you got then if you add in all these other things, they could go bankrupt or destroy everything worse than the companies that already own them as it is. That's, that's all well, I have also to say have to take on that. Into consideration all the toys that Disney makes and all that shit. That also sells a lot. No. The I toys know. are not made by Disney. Hasbro, the time I would say, would make the toys. Kind of like with Transformers. That's why they always. That's why the suits in the movies always look different, or the Transformer designs. They're always different because. If you keep reselling the same old toy, people aren't going to buy it. So you have to keep changing up the look so people will buy it. And basically, that's Hasbro. I know, but, more than Disney but Hasbro has when to it comes to deal with Disney in order to sell their product and their characters. Well, yeah, but most of the money goes to Hasbro rather than Disney because toys are another form of promotion, yeah. right? It's, it's not like toys like, don't understand about toys that like, kids would not understand it's about toys. Toys are promotion. Pop figures are promotions. Like you go out and buy a pop figure for Fallout, for instance, or you go out and you buy a pop figure for uh, Stranger Things or something. Money from that. But also some of that money goes to the people. Well, some of it, not a lot of it. And here's why. Basically, let's say Stranger Things, for instance. They pay Pop Funko to make pops of Stranger Things characters. Some of that money will go back to the, um, the uh, Netflix or whoever's uh, distributing it. Some of the money goes back to them. But majority of the money goes to the toy or the um, merchandise company releasing the product. And the reason is, is because... Um, they're just advertising the movie, kind of like Fortnite, right? Marvel will pay Fortnite money to make a game mode exactly. to advertise their movie. Like fucking uh, in, the Infinity Don't go- Yeah, like that, like that. that. Those are film promotions. And like the uh, Avengers John Endgame Wick. one they had, that's a film promotion. That's what most, yeah. kind of like with John Wick's bounty. They, these companies will pay money to either these game companies, toy companies, shirt companies, clothing, whatever it may be, and then they make products that have the Characters. logos or something to do, yeah, with the with the main uh, film or whatever it is that's trying to be advertised and put it out there. 
but the company that makes the products that's doing the advertising makes the money back rather than the studio that put the money or paid the, this uh, team to put uh, the uh, merchandise together. So, obviously, we're talking about a monopoly. Yes. So, obviously, so, so what I'm hearing is, obviously, Warner Brothers and Disney are the two biggest companies in the world. Well, two of the biggest. So, so I, I would, I would take into consideration those two. If Sony was going down under. And Warner Brothers beat out Disney for Sony. Would that mean Warner Brothers owns the right Spider-Man and all his characters? Basically, okay, so basically this is what happened. Yes. If Warner Brothers decided to buy out Sony and they got, they, and they won and they got those characters, you know, everything that Sony owns basically goes to them for film rights. So like the Underworld franchise, that would go also over to Warner Brothers. Everything does. Like when Sony bought, uh, I mean, when uh, Disney bought Fox, they got everything. They got uh, the Fantastic Four, they got the X-Men, they got the Alien franchise, the Predator, pretty much anything Fox originally made, they got those rights. It's kind of like when you look at um, the Friday the 13th franchise, right? When New Line bought out Paramount, they got those rights to... Jason, or when Blumhouse bought the rights, I'm guessing from Dimension, because I believe that's the last place Michael Myers was from, they got the rights to Michael Myers. That's why there isn't a Michael Myers versus Jason film. Both characters I know, but it would be entertaining as a film. I know it would be. The problem with doing films like that, with like, um, Two competing um, film or distributors, especially if they're distributors, um, they have to go into huge talks and um, contracts and everything. Basically, splitting the profits of the movie or whatever, if it was down in half 50 50. Kind of like Marvel and Capcom when they do the Marvel vs. Capcom thing, the profits are pretty much split down the middle. Because it's kind of a half-and-half half effort. You're using half the characters from this company and half the characters from this company. But the problem is normally one company wants more money over the other one, and then nothing ever gets um, through when it comes to uh, talks. So that's normally why that doesn't happen, and they wait till everything's underneath. Because Sony and Marvel did the unthinkable. Nobody ever thought that was going to happen. And basically... It's because my, it, the only reason because that deal Sony worked out is because Sony... Well, no, the only reason... Well, yeah, that's the main reason it talked. There are two reasons why it happened. A, Sony needed money, so they weren't bought out. And B, Marvel said, you get all the profits to the Spider-Man movies. If Marvel were to say, no, we get some of that profit, Sony would have said, we don't want to do that. It's only because Marvel said, we will take no profits from this movie. You get all profits, 100% of it. And that's mainly why. It has to do with the money. Studios don't want to (laughs) Now, take into consideration if um, Disney actually did get all the fucking money that Spider-Man made. (laughs) 
is that is that a no, question to, or is that like your whole thought? If, if Disney didn't do this and help out Sony and they got all the rights to all the Spider-Man characters, imagine how much money Disney would be making just based off the, that one character. Well, the thing is with that, right? If they did get those character rights, obviously they would be able to do anything they wanted with really Spider-Man. I mean, you would a hundred instead of having Captain of the MCU, Spider-Man would be 110%. The reason they can't make Spider-Man the full-on head of the MCU is because they're sharing those rights. And let's say down the road after contracts, because we know they're going to continue to make Spider-Man films. Sony's already t- uh, been talks, and I believe the contracts, are, they're going to go through. They're going to, you know, make Spider-Man 3 uh, continue to have an into the MCU going forward for at least until those contracts end, which we'll talk about in a few minutes why that's worrisome. But basically, um, with Spider-Man's character, they could do anything, right? They could put him in as much uh, films or anything you want to. The problem is, is since they're sharing it with another studio, let's say at the end of the contract uh, negotiation, like when it, the contract's up, and then they go back to renegotiate the contract, and Sony says, oh, we don't like what you're putting on the table. We're taking our character back. They're screwed if they build their whole entire universe around Spider-Man and then say, well, now we have to make up some bullshit excuse as to why he's gone and have somebody else who hasn't been built up or been as popular as Spider-Man take that mantle. And it's going to make the fan base go well, fucking nuts. So you have to be careful when it comes to real-world situations. Now, if Marvel had it all, they could legit base the MCU, like Spider-Man could be the next Iron Man when it comes to the popularity status. He could be that if they all were right. Problem is, they don't. But Spider-Man, I think, is the only character that Marvel has said, like as long as the contracts, you know, they keep, you know, renegotiating uh, them and keep the character shared, he will have more than one, uh, a, a trilogy. He will have a Spider-Man 4. Oh, or five. How many? Well, so okay, I guess that's the main problem. But <laughs> could Disney just buy out the rights to not not Sony entirely, just to buy the rights of Spider-Man and everybody in his universe to come to Marvel? Could they just buy out those rights and leave Sony there? So. Here's where things get, like get into a battle between uh, Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. The main problem with this, like, even though yes, they can do that, the reason they wait for a buyout is because it forces that company into a corner to pretty much say yes, because they're going to be bought out anyways. They want to take the highest amount of money they can. But the problem with just buying the Spider-Man rights is if they are not back into a corner and there's room for them to get away, they will. Like if, like if you were in a fight. If there's a little room to get away, you'll take that shot and get away. Is, is if Sony is not forced financially to say yes, they will say no. Wait, okay. Because Marvel, because think about it. Marvel's making them a lot of money. Sony, okay, think, think about the other amazing Spider-Man films and stuff, right? They didn't, like, it, okay, let me look this up first of all before I say this. Let me look up the amazing Spider-Man. Uh, well, I'll try one first. 
uh, box office because if I'm correct, then what I'm about to, if I'm correct with how much it made, which I don't think it's even close to the amount of the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. That one, okay, so no, they were pretty close. They were pretty close. Okay. Try, try the so, amazing Spider-Man. Here's, because those were more bombed. No, the amazing. Well, I'm because of the most recent ones. That's why I'm I'm comparing okay. this. So the amazing Spider-Man, seven hundred fifty-seven point nine million, and the second one made seven hundred nine million, and then Spider-Man: Homecoming made eight hundred eighty point two million. Now let's think about this. Spider-Man through the Amazing Spider-Man franchise was a damaged brand. Number three fucked it up, and people were really they're fucking redoing the character again, but they're under Marvel this time. Now here's the reason. Why Sony would not just give Marvel the rights. Marvel is doing the film. They're making the film for Sony. Sony doesn't have to worry about anything. Sony just basically gets the profits. Marvel says, these are the actors we want. Marvel makes up the story. Marvel does everything. I think the only thing Sony does is pay Marvel what they need to make the movie and then they get the full profits. I believe how that, that's how the deal works. I don't think Marvel spends money if they aren't getting anything in return. But Sony doesn't have to put any work into the film. They only get, All they have to do is give Marvel the money to make the film. Marvel makes a film and they get pure profits. The reason they wouldn't just sell the Spider-Man rights is because then they would have to go back and do everything. Make their scripts themselves. And proving by The Amazing Spider, even though I like the first one, the the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, they can't do it. Like, they're, they're shit at making stories, making characters that people care about, making good plots. There's a lot of problems with their Spider-Man films, especially the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, which was Sony's solo most recent franchise or iteration of the character. So the reason they wouldn't give uh, Marvel the rights is because Marvel's doing everything for them, pretty much ensuring that the movie's going to be great because A, the MCU's reputation of having great movies, they don't want to ruin that. B, Marvel wants to have those characters, but also Sony's making money. So Sony's pretty much saying, we don't have to worry. They're going to make a great film. We're going to get a lot of money. Now, if Sony were to be like, oh, we'll give you Spider-Man's character, they're not going to make all that money. When people see Sony's making a Spider-Man film and it has nothing to do with Marvel Studios, nobody's going to go see it. Or they're going to be very skeptical or just bonds altogether. Sony would be like, oh, we're, we're pretty screwed. We want to stick with Marvel. So that's why Marvel couldn't buy it straight up because Sony will stick with Marvel until they have a buyout where they're forced to pretty much say, well, we're going to go out of business. We need to take as much money as we can before we pretty much go bye-bye. So then they would give the characters okay. to Marvel. And that's why they don't buy or can't buy okay. them right now because they won't allow it. Uh, okay, I get where you're coming from. But also, other than like having the Spider-Man character and the entire universe, what the fuck else does Sony make, like, for movies that are notable? Not a Okay, so Sony has the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie, okay? okay? So they have that, they, which is uh, part of their animated branch, but if I'm correct, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse... By the way, also, I just want to tell you, Spider-Man Homecoming had a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes compared to the two Amazing Spider-Man films, which were shit for reviews. Um, so the box office for the Spider-Verse was a million. So not a lot. Not a lot compared to the other Spider-Man films. So they make Venom, and I, that one got, what, 500-something yeah. million at the box office? 
Oh, dude, that got 155 Whoa. million. That made about as much, but almost as much as Spider-Man: Homecoming. But that was one movie. Remember, people were still very skeptical about yeah. Venom. This is why they'd obviously want to bring him into the MCU because they'll make even more money off of it at that point. Um, they also make the they make the very underrated, in my opinion, but kind of sucks at the same time. Underworld franchise, um, and I think Sony, yeah, Sony created Brightburn. There's not a lot of established sh- uh, things that Sony makes. They kind of make movies and not like in an established universe. So that's kind of why, you know, that's kind of what they have. The Spider-Verse franchise, the Marvel Homecoming franchise, Venom's franchise, and that's ki- and the Underworld franchise. That's all I can okay. really think of. Also, I like to point out, I like cake. And also, we just hit over an hour on a podcast. Well, like I said, when there's a lot of news to talk about and it comes over within a few days time, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot know, of stuff. It's just kind of weird that it with when it's only me and you talking and David's not here, we actually reach cer- certain milestones. The reason that also is is because when you're at school, you're kind of you only have 30 minutes before you have to go to lunch. So we we're, we probably could talk for a long time. Problem is though, is we're kind of cut by that you know school time. But over the summertime, when we do this on our own, we have unlimited time. We can talk for however long we want. Some podcasts go to two hours or an hour and 30 minutes. Until, so it's not the longest podcast. Until me or David have to drop out of the chat for work or me for football or you for soccer. Basically, it could be however long yeah. until those points. Also, so obviously big talks about – MCU and all that shit. Obviously, Venom wants to join, which I think if Marvel was smart, they would renegotiate the contract where they at least make a little bit of profit off these Spider-Man movies. Not a whole lot, just a a little bit, and Sony gets the bigger part of it. So you mean mean kind of like like, takes like like out of hundred percent, like twenty, and then Sony yeah. gets the rest of the eighty. Yeah, because they like put that. so much fucking effort into Spider-Man movies. That's not even fucking funny. So I say give give them at least a little more profit. I mean, the thing is, like, I agree with you. I agree with you that Marvel should get some profit because they are putting a lot of um, money into the Spider-Man films. The problem is, though, is Sony. Sony wants all that money. <laughs> We did this deal with Marvel because you know how earlier I was talking about with you not too long ago about why they uh, can't just go by Sony's uh, or Spider-Man's characters because Sony kind of has a way to yeah. get out of it because they are forced into a corner. When they made the deal with Marvel to have Spider-Man in the MCU with Civil War, they were legit about on the verge of being bought out. They were, be- they were being backed up to a corner and they had no escape route. And Marvel essentially said, you get all the profit. We'll do the casting. We'll make the movie. You just give us the money that we need to make the film, and we do everything else, and you get all the profit. And Sony was like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea, and that's really – and it'll keep us out of having to um, 
having to be bought out. So yes, we'll do this deal with you. They shook on it. Not, it doesn't work like that, but they obviously do their contract. And here we have Spider-Man. Like I said, it would be nice to see Marvel get some of that money because of obviously them putting work and effort into it. But you got to remember, Sony is trying to dig their way out of a ginormous hole they put themselves into. It's like somebody who fails the entire year of classes and then within the last week tries to do all the missing assignments or shitty assignments they did and ace the finals. Very unlikely it's going to happen. So Sony is doing everything they can. They're holding on every safeguard they got. And at the moment, it's with Marvel. And what they're trying to do is, is take all the money that they can. So that way, if they do abandon the deal with Marvel, which I want to talk about after you hit your next point, um, basically they're trying to secure themselves uh, on a standard foot. So if they do decide to cut the deal, they can get away and not have Spider-Man in the MCU, but still have money and not have to worry about being bought out. Well, what I was more on the thing about was obviously I want them to have a small percentage and Sony should do that. And you brought up some great points with um, Sony wanting as much money as they can get out of Spider-Man. But here's the thing. How big of a fucking hole are they in before Marvel made this deal with them? They were in a giant asshole. Oh, they were in a really deep hole. I mean, we're talking like getting out of the hole. They looked like they were on, like they looked like for sure they were being bought out. Everybody that I was listening to about Sony and I was hoping they were going to be bought out because Spider-Man was going to get into the MCU one way or another. Either Marvel was going to do what they did with Fox, go after them and buy them and get Spider-Man, or they were going to accept the deal. Either So basically, either we would have gotten Spider-Man when we did or a few later down, uh, years down the line. And we got him when we did, which we would have technically gotten him around now, but still it would take him forever to be able to introduce him with Ohio compared to with the deal. Um, but yeah, so that's also where, where that is. Sony is trying to basically put themselves on a foundation. They're trying to be able to be stable again. And that's kind of what they're doing. They could, and and, and here's what I want to talk about. This is what I wanted to talk about. And this is where things get scary for Spider-Man. So Amy Pascal, also the owner of Pascal Pictures that, uh, did, um, or had, I believe, something to do with uh, the Spider-Man, well, some big involvement with Into the Spider-Verse because Pascal Pictures was one of the big things in the opening credits. Um, she is the one that pretty much made this deal happen with uh, Marvel. Now, Amy Pascal is leaving Sony, which means the two dumbasses, Avi Arad, and I forgot the other guy's name um, over at Sony, uh, He's another older gentleman. Um, they are the idiots that wanted to stick Venom, Sandman, and the Green Goblin into a film in Spider-Man 3. When Amy leaves, this deal becomes scary. And the reason I say that is because Abby is dumb. He doesn't understand the character. As much as he says he does, he doesn't. And then the other guy, whose name I forgot, I'll probably figure it out later when I'm researching it, um, he also has screwed up the Spider-Man brand a lot in the past. So they might want more money than what Marvel's putting out or whatnot. And then they'll just pull Spider-Man. 
And the reason it's kind of scary to see where Sony is like building up all this money to get them on a secure foundation is when Amy leaves and Amy pretty much is the person that's making everything happen with Marvel, they could fuck it up. Those two could fuck it up. I mean, they're going to screw themselves in the process and get back in a big hole, but you could still see Spider-Man pulled out of the MCU down after a good amount of movies with Spider-Man in them. It's kind of like Marvel sticking Spider-Man everywhere they can. Um, it's it's scary though because I ju- like Amy Pascal is pretty much keeping this deal going, and if Abby and the other fucking retard gets in there and screws it up, I'm gonna be royally pissed. As a Spider-Man fan and an MCU fan, that's gonna piss so, me off a lot. I'd like to bring up one more uh, MCU thing. Do you believe in the three Spider-Man curse? Because after every third film, they got a new Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, Tony, uh, no, Toby Maguire. Is Tom Holland next? Is he on the chopping block? So here's, here's why I say no. Spider-Man has been in a lot of films already. Now, I know he hasn't been in his own film besides the first one but he's been in Civil War he's been in Infinity War and Endgame so Spider-Man's already been in enough films to get the character down the, this new movie that comes out okay, which they have and what I love about the MCU is they're using villains that they haven't used before the thing is is when we look at how they're going about Spider-Man they're doing a good job while not trying to try, uh, do the same thing Sony did. They're trying to do everything way different than Sony did. Spider-Man goes out of the country quite a few times. He fights aliens. They're not afraid to use Spider-Man. And that's what I like. Because the more we see of Spider-Man on screen, the more confident we can be in his character. And you got to remember, Marvel's making the Spider-Man movies, not Sony. The, other, the reasons the other Spider-Man movies failed is because of Abby Rad. That other dumbass I can't remember that works at Sony. And they screwed up the Spider-Man franchise. The last two iterations have been screwed up by Sony. With Marvel behind the steering wheel, I have confidence in it. And with seeing Tom Hall's performances so far as the web crawler, I'm very in support of what they're doing. And I have all confidence in them to deliver on good movies. Or at least an okay movie. I mean, you... You can't make anything worse than Captain Marvel. I mean, for, for fuck's sake. Well, Spider-Man can't be worse than that. Even the worst Spider-Man movie can't be as boring as Captain Marvel was. But how many, how many movie deals does Tom Holland still have on his current MCU contract? Not a lot. Basically, his um, contract expires, or the contract for Spider-Man expires after Far From Home. But... Obviously, we know that they're going to renegotiate contracts and everything's going to be fine. We know what Tony wants with Venom. We know that because Amy Pascal said herself that she wants to continue this um, partnership with Marvel. They're already pretty much established. Yes, Spider-Man's going to do multiple films. I heard talks, like I said, of instead of Spider-Man being a trilogy, him having multiple movies just for him. And it would make sense because Spider-Man's the biggest name in Marvel Comics, like Batman in DC Comics. So it makes sense. I don't want Spider-Man saturation. Like, if you're going to make a lot of Spider-Man solo films, don't throw Spider-Man in every little team-up movie there is. 
that is not Avengers. Him being in the Avengers, I'm okay with. But let's say you have Doctor Strange too. I don't want fucking Spider-Man swinging in there and seeing Spider-Man all the time. I love Spider-Man, but I don't want okay. Spider-Man fatigue. I'm to get a little bit of Spider-Man fatigue because I've seen him a lot. I've seen him in Civil War, his own movie, Infinity War, Endgame, and now we're getting his new movie. I think after Far From Home, they need to kind of let Spider-Man go away for a little bit. When you see him again, it's like fucking he's back. And it's awesome to see him. So no, I'm just, I'm just going on. Obviously, Spider-Man is go- is still going to be in the MCU, and there's so many things. Is, but hypothetically, take this into consideration. This is just off the top of your head. If Tom Holland doesn't re-sign a new contract with the MCU, who do you think? Who would you want to replace Tom Holland? Uh, I don't know. First of all. I don't think that that's going to happen. Tom Holland loves playing Spider-Man. Um, character that I'm worried about, I'm not worried about recasting. It's worrying about will Sony continue the deal? Because if Sony pulls out of the deal, Tom Holland goes with them. Like, it's not the character casting. It's the rights of the character. Like, we aren't in a situation like with Edward Norton with the Hulk. Okay, we're not in that situation uh, what's another recasting situation? Marvel's done? Oh yeah, Rhodey. We, we're not in the whole Don Cheadle replacing the previous actor who played Rhodey. I don't remember his name because Iron Man came out in 2008. I was a kid. I don't remember the actor's name. It's not the recasting part. Even though Marvel has done recasting in the movies plenty of times, it does not uh, really bother me. Um, the whole recasting I part. I don't think it's going to happen. I really but obviously, is Tom Holland technically under a Sony contract or a Marvel Studios contract? Because you have to take that into consideration with Tom Holland, the person, because they could just throw him into the Iron Man suit and say he's the new Iron Man. So, okay, this the contract stuff with um, Tom Holland. So he's kind of in contracts with both of the studios. Here's why. So Sony obviously is the one who is getting the profits and yep. sharing character rights. But Marvel is the one making the movie and, distri- and uh, Disney is distributing it. So the reason that he has um, contracts with both is because A, it's a Sony property, so he has to make a contract with Sony basically being like, I'm Spider-Man, you know, I am playing the character owned by Sony, and then he signs a, uh, a contract with Marvel saying, I am going to be in Marvel Studios movies published by Disney and whatnot. So he has two different contracts. One basically saying, I am playing the character of Spider-Man owned by Sony, and then one saying that I am uh, signing a contract saying that I'm going to be in films that is released by Disney and made by Marvel Studios. Basically, he has to sign contracts for both because if Sony were to pull out, Marvel's contract only talks about Marvel films within the contract specifics. Where Sony, it's the character rights. So even though he is in Marvel movies, when those movies have been finished and the contract has finished, he is pretty much a a Sony-owned actor for the character. So they can take him with him. He can quit. But obviously, he can if he wants to continue playing the character, he would have to go with Sony because his contract with Marvel would be up. But 
like I said, hypothetically, obviously nobody wants this to happen. Obviously, everybody loves Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and we all love Tom Holland. But you don't have anybody in the back of your mind where you're like, yeah, this guy could play Spider-Man. It, it's hard because I don't really look at many child actors, right? I'm not really in the whole looking around at new I mean, talent you don't have thing. To look at new talent. You just have to take into consideration, like, like who's gonna be the new Iron Man? Like, who's gonna be the new RDJ if they're gonna bring back the character Iron Man? Obviously, that would be fucking stupid by Marvel. But if they do it, they do it. Yeah. Um, well, if they were, okay, so if they were going to bring Iron Man back, there's three ways they go about with the Iron Man. A, A, they have an alternate version of Iron Man, so RDJ comes back. Well, four ways then. B, or five. B, they could have the kid from Iron Man. Three, C, his daughter. Um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, because obviously he owns Parker Industries. He's a genius. He makes his own suit. Basically, Iron Man, genius, intellect, and whatnot. And then the last thing is Ironheart, which would be dumb because Ironheart didn't sell well. So that is another thing they could or do. Just kind of, but just have it's... Come back. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are flipping out in the Spider-Man trailer because they're like, oh, they're saying Spider-Man's giving me the next Iron Man. They don't legitimately mean he's going to put on the Iron Man suit. It's just he takes the mantle of Iron Man. Yes, Peter Parker and Tony Stark, both smart in the comics. They both own an industry. And they their own suits and gadgets and tech. But that's not what they mean in the MCU. They are very similar, but he's not legitimately Iron Man. I think why most people took that into consideration on why uh, Spider-Man was going to become the new Iron Man was what happened at the end of uh, Endgame, where Captain America gave Falcon the shield, and they were like, oh, fuck, this is what's gonna happen. Tom, Tom Holland's gonna be suiting up as Iron Man now, so fuck. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work I'm like interested that. in seeing what Falcon does as Captain America. Oh, I think they can do a lot of uh, good things with it. The, the problem with the whole um, Falcon thing and the Winter Soldier thing is like I'm very interested to see what they do with the villains of the franchise. Not so much the heroes because I, I have confidence in it. I think it'll be good. And it's also overlooked by Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel. Um, so even the uh, Disney Plus shows are being overlooked by him. But the main uh, thing is I know that Zemo's coming back and Sharon yeah. Carter's coming back. So I'm kind of interested in seeing what they do with Zemo. Like, is Zemo finally going to be the comic Zemo, or is he still going to be that little bitch that does everything from behind the scenes? While I think it was cool that Marvel kind of switched it up, I'm also kind of like, I want to see the original Zemo, too. Well, Fat Thor is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, so... Oh, no, the girls are going to get all frustrated about that one, aren't they? Still doing podcasts. We're coming in. We're going to be quiet. Or go on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just a lot of that uh, stuff that pretty much you have to look at when it comes to these shows.
I don't I don't really have much more I can talk about. I mean, that's all I really wanted to cover was the uh, Venom all stuff, right. uh, Godzilla, and um, yeah. basically everything we covered. We kind of went into more stuff than I thought we were going to. Originally, I wasn't expecting it to get to be this long. I mean, unless you got something else you want to add on, I mean, there could be something that you saw that was interesting that uh, I didn't know about because I didn't think you knew about a few things that I said. (laughs) All right, then. I guess that'll, that'll be the end of this podcast. All right, see you, bud. All right, later. So that's going to be it from uh, PC Boys uh, podcast uh, for today. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to do some more um, news, and I will probably end up hopefully seeing Godzilla so I can get a review to you guys. But thank you very much for listening to this longest podcast we've ever had, and we'll see you next one.